Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Welcome. I'm so grateful to join with you today. Our topic today is God's justice. Yes, and we're grateful, aren't we, to open our mind to let go of any idea that there's not a divine justice. So we begin, as always, with a prayer. I invite you to place your hand on your heart And we take this breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and so thankful to consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit Self. So grateful and so thankful to recognize and remember that right where we are, that the fullness of love is revealing itself in our heart and in our mind. We are grateful and thankful that there is a divine justice. It's always operating. Like divine will, it is always at work in our life. We are grateful and thankful that there's just the one power, just the one mind, and that everything that we are experiencing in our life is in the flow of love. We are grateful and thankful to live a life that is in the flow of love. So we lay on the altar any and all belief in a second power, in duality, in separation, anything that could ever cause us to believe that life is unfair or that God's justice does not exist. We are surrendering all belief in lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So grateful and so thankful to see the unity of all life everywhere in everything and everyone. In gratitude we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude we let the healing be. We know it is done and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, one of the uh, strongest patterns that I I witness in my own mind in uh, conversation with other spiritual students who are feeling challenged is this idea that life is not fair and calling things as unfair. One of the things, too, I notice is that this is something that children will often do is say, hey, it's not fair. Her piece is bigger than mine. Hey, it's not fair. She gets to go and I don't get to go. This idea that things aren't fair. It's very pervasive. And is it actually true? What is really going on? Is there a divine justice is there God's justice and in the manual for teachers chapter 19 it asks the question what is justice what is justice what is God's justice and so that's what we're looking at here today and as is often the case in A Course in Miracles uh, there's a bit of playfulness 
in the response. So it begins with, justice is the divine correction for injustice. Injustice is the basis for all the judgments of the world. Okay, so every judgment that we have, every criticism, every complaint, every opinion is an expression of injustice. Hmm. That's helpful to me because it's letting me know that whenever I'm judging, I am choosing to increase that feeling of injustice in the world. That's what I'm doing. I'm increasing the sense of injustice in the world simply by adding my judgments and my opinions into the thoughts of the one mind. It says justice corrects the interpretations to which injustice gives rise and cancels them out. So our holding on to thoughts of separation gives rise to this belief in injustice. It gives rise to this sense of separation from divine justice. It gives rise to a sense of unfairness. There would be no sense of unfairness if we had no opinions and judgments. Just consider that. We would have no sense of unfairness if we didn't have any judgments. Are we willing to correct our mind or to give the correction to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, to our elder brother, our teachers? Are we willing to give the judgments over in exchange for everyone feeling that life is fair? Hmm. In other words, are we willing to bring forth the new heaven and the new earth through our thoughts, through our choices, through our choosing again? It says, neither justice nor injustice exists in heaven, for error is impossible and correction meaningless. So, beyond our experience of duality in this illusion of separation, there is only perfect love, which there's no justice and no injustice. The justice and injustice are all part of the illusion. If we'd like to feel that everything isn't fair and that everything is in divine alignment, we have to be willing to let go of our thoughts of separation. That's how we get there. That's how we get to heaven on earth. And that's the divine impetus for our life. For sure. As um, I was writing about recently, uh, I did a free class with Jimmy Twyman and um, Cindy Laura Renard and John Mundy and Vicki Poppy and Bill Free. We did a, a wonderful class called Loving America Free uh, the Monday after the U.S. election. So November 15th, I think it was, 15th or 16th. And... In there, when uh, I was uh, writing about it as a preview, what I was saying, and I remember saying this, talking about this with uh, Jimmy Twyman, uh, is that we are like sleeper cells. These We're spiritual students who are our very presence in this human experience. We're like sleeper cells. Uh, so you can think of uh, how terrorists... They operate in these sleeper cells where they go to a, a place 
and as a group, and they infiltrate incognito, and they prepare for their attack, right? Their time of activation where they're going to release their terrorist activities. Well, we're spiritual sleeper cells, and we're living this life to prepare for activation, implementation of living the truth, of living the love and walking the talk and being that place of activating love and light in our neighborhood, in our world, in our community. So we are spiritual sleeper cells, similar to, uh, of course, very different motivation, different goal from the terrorist cells. And so we are literally here in this world, like it says in uh, on page 28 in the truly helpful prayer, I'm here only to be truly helpful. And the one who sent me will guide me. So we have been sent on a mission from God to bring forth the new heaven and the new earth where all is divinely ordered and we know it, where everything feels fair and safe and loving and beautiful and light-filled. This is the divine impetus for our life. We're bringing it forward. It starts in our mind and then it manifests in our experience. And don't we feel joyful when we are actively bringing forth the new heaven and the new earth through our loving choices? Doesn't it activate our joy? So it says here, in this world, however, forgiveness depends on justice, since all attack can only be unjust. Forgiveness depends on justice. So in this world, justice is when we drop our opinions and judgments and choose forgiveness. Choose compassion. Choose to let go of the blocks to love. This is how we bring forth an experience of justice. And to be honest with you, what I've experienced in my own life is that the more I let go of the judgments and opinions, the more I see and feel and know that life is fair. And more than fair, life loves me. That everything in life is organized for me by one whose only interest is my good. By one who truly loves and adores me. But I cannot see that that is the activity of my life as long as I'm not loving. So it's, it's similar to like attracts like. And think of it this way. I was thinking about this recently that uh, I just did a retreat in Thailand called Self-Love and Extreme Pampering. And one of the things I have noticed uh, talking about self-love with uh, people, not at the retreat, but other people, and and looking at the choices that people make and uh, what they perceive about things is that It's kind of like, remember we've heard the stories that when the Europeans first showed up uh, 
in uh, indigenous cultures, the Native Americans, etc., weren't actually able to see the European ships because they had no concept of them. In their reality, they just didn't exist. There was no context for them. So they didn't immediately see the ships, even though they were right in front of them. And so many people are not able to see the opportunities to love themselves, to feel free, to recognize that life is fair, to recognize that they are safe, that life does love them. They're not able to recognize these things because their mind is not open to it, just like the indigenous people who couldn't see the European ships because they didn't have a concept for it. It was so unfamiliar. Now, the good news for us as Course in Miracles students is no matter how dark our life seems to be in this particular moment, no matter how challenging and deeply, deeply, intensely difficult it seems to be in this particular moment, the light is still there, the beauty is still there, the truth is still there. The wisdom is still there. The wholeness is still there. Our willingness to recognize these spiritual qualities are still active in our life, have always been active in our life, is all that's required for the higher Holy Spirit self to make it so that we can recognize them. Our willingness is all that's required. I love that about this life. I don't have to figure out how. I just have to be willing to allow. Now, I'm someone in my relationships, from the time I was a child, I often thought that things weren't fair, and it really, really bothered me. I mean, boy, it just used to eat at me. And I didn't realize for a very long time that this was a mental pattern that was in my mind and it was manifesting as my experience. I didn't realize that I could change my mind and change my experience. And so I found all over the place all kinds of experiences that seemed to justify my beliefs. And that's what we do. We have a strong belief and we experience our life as demonstrating that belief. And we think that the demonstration of the belief is actually proving the belief. But it doesn't. It's just an outpicturing of the belief. It's not proof that the belief is true. You know, uh, it's that thing uh, Wayne Dyer said, you'll see it when you believe it. But the thing is, is everything that we see or think we see is proof of what we believe. That's what it is. It's proof of what we believe. So we're not really going to see the truth unless we know the truth. The truth is not something we believe. It's something that we know. As long as we're intent on our beliefs and focused on our beliefs, we're just going to see what we believe. So if you're upset by what you see, just know it's because you believe it, not because it's true.
Not because it's true. I think this is really helpful for people who are upset about anything in this world, no matter what it is. We don't know what anything is for. And many things come into our life to stir things up, to get us to shift our thinking, to get us to wake up. And when they initially occur in our life, or appear in our life, we're thinking, this is bad, this is not good, I don't like this, this should be different. But that thinking does not produce healing. Remember, all healing is at the level of the mind. So one of the things that happens is when we pronounce life as unfair and unsafe and thinking that there is no justice in this world, then we're just going to keep seeing more examples of the same thing. And think of it this way. I I think of it this way all the time. It's really helpful to me. Imagine for a moment that... You are separate from yourself, okay? And so you and your your separate self is a child, a sweet, innocent child. And now you're going to talk to this sweet, innocent child that is your separate self, the one who feels separate. And you're going to say to them all the things that you believe about yourself and about life all day long. So you're going to say to that sweet, innocent child self, that that vulnerable being, you're going to say, oh, don't be so stupid. Oh, life is unbearable. Life is so hard. Life is unfair. Life is unkind. Life is cruel. People don't like me. I'm never going to. I'm always going to. And on and on and on. And say these things again and again and again all day long to this precious, sweet, innocent child. How is that child going to feel at the end of a day? Listening to that. Feeling your rants and your fear and your anger and your resentment and your hurt all day long. How's that child going to feel at the end of the day? Is the child going to love you and embrace you or want to get away from you? Want to find some way to get away? And that's what we do. We self-medicate to get away from that angry, hurt, frightened ego self. Now imagine that this child has to listen to all this judgment and opinion for a week's time day in and day out. How's the child going to feel then? Depressed? Certainly unsafe? Unloved? Frightened? Angry? Hurt? Yeah, definitely. All of these things. And a bit hopeless, beaten down, worn down. And then imagine that it's going on for a month and six months and a year, and then years, and decades. How is that beautiful, innocent, perfect child going to feel after years and years of this same angry, hurt, resentful, frightened talk? Going to want to just be like a turtle in a shell. And 
this is something that we're doing to ourselves. I, I, I remember realizing, oh, I've done this to myself. And then instantly, we must forgive ourselves. Because there's the thought, oh, I've wasted my life. I've ruined my life. I've destroyed my relationships. I've destroyed my health and my wealth, right? And there's this sense of tremendous regret and blame. Resentment and guilt. And how do we get out of it? We get out of it by, number one, not making it real. Not making it permanent. Remember, in a certain way, you know, um, I love um, uh, the um, the one woman show that Julia Sweeney did uh, called "Letting Go of God." It's very, very funny about her experience of trying to understand. God and herself and her beliefs and growing up Catholic and also looking at all different kinds of religious beliefs and thoughts and um, and she's very talented, very funny and um, she talks about when she was a child and realizing that she had come to the age of reason. She was, uh, I believe it's seven years old. It's the age of reason. And so uh, what she was taught growing up Catholic was that when she reached that age now, God was going to begin keeping the permanent record on her. And that up till that age, she wasn't accountable for her sins, her mistakes, her errors. And so she gets, uh, she gets really angry because uh, she realized that she had been so good all trying to be so good for all those years when she could have <laughs> not tried to be good and it wouldn't have been part of her permanent record. So this is the thing is we have this teaching in uh, various religions that there's this permanent record that's being kept on us. And we can talk about the Akashic records as spiritual beings that everything is being kept on us in this this permanent record. But let's think of people like the prophet Paul, who started his life as Saul. And Saul really despised the Christians and was trying to break up uh, the start of this new faith, this new religion, the teachings of Jesus. He was against the teachings of Jesus and the people who had loved Jesus and who were following up his teachings and sharing the way, right? And he, Paul, Saul, had this experience on the road to Damascus where Jesus appeared and Saul had a complete healing in his mind. He became Paul the Apostle. He did a total 180 and became the great proselytizer and teacher of Christianity. Well, these experiences are given to us so that we'll recognize this is what's available to me if I'm willing. So are you willing to have a complete instantaneous miraculous healing and if you are then that willingness includes the willingness to let go 
of any and every thought that you've done something that should be part of your permanent record and held against you. Right? So the teachings of Jesus in his human life and in A Course in Miracles are telling us, let that thought go. In order to experience divine justice, permanent healing, we must let the idea go that we will be punished or there is a permanent record of our wrongness, of our sins. We must let that idea go. How do we let it go? We just give it to the Holy Spirit for healing, truly. And when we're sincerely willing to let it go and we don't see any value anymore in thinking that we're a sinner, we will not feel like we're a sinner anymore. We'll be free of it forever. This is the promise and this is the truth. It takes our willingness. Wow. Okay. Well, that went by fast. Um, (laughs) It's time for me to take a break. And while I'm going to the break, I'm going to invite you to go to jenniferhadley.com. On jenniferhadley.com, I've got a free class that uh, I just did called Relationship Healing and Harmony. Relationship Healing and Harmony. It's a free class. Go get it while it's still there. And this also is an introduction to my year-long Masterful Living course. So Masterful Living is my year-long class. It starts on January 1st. And it really is about doing this permanent healing and having miraculous healing as part of our experience. I've been offering this year-long course for a number of years now. And to be honest with you, people have blown my hair back as well as their own with the extraordinary healing that they can have, that we can have when we're willing to actually walk the talk and live the love. And not just read about it, not just talk about it or think about it, but to actually allow the healing to happen at the level of the mind. So I'm inviting you to take a look at Masterful Living and my Relationship Healing and Harmony free class, both on the jenniferhadley.com website. I am Jennifer Hadley, (laughs) and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. 
I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're talking about God's justice. We're looking at the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 19, which is entitled, What is Justice? And in paragraph 1, it says, Justice is the Holy Spirit's verdict upon the world. Except in the Holy Spirit's judgment, justice is impossible. For no one in the world is capable of making only just interpretations and laying all injustices aside. So we're, we're not even capable of laying all injustices aside. But the Holy Spirit is. And so this is why giving it over to the Holy Spirit is the fastest path of healing. We don't have to figure out how to have a healing. Basically, if we're trying to figure out how to have a healing, the Holy Spirit is not in charge of our life. The ego is in charge of our life. We don't need to put the ego in charge of our life, do we? It says, if God's Son were fairly judged, there would be no need for salvation. The thought of separation would have been forever inconceivable. So you see, it is our own judgments and the way that we cherish them and keep them going, little treasures that we've made. It's our judgments and our opinions that are the injustice. And to take the, the bigger view, our judgments and our opinions are completely false. And <laughs> like with Las Vegas, the as what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, the judgments and opinions that we cling to in this world, our experience of pain and suffering as a result of them, it stays in this world. It's not part of our permanent record. Because our permanent record is wholeness. Our permanent record is perfection. And so no matter what's been done to us, and no matter what we have done, we cannot in any way diminish our perfection, our wholeness, our beauty, and the truth of who and what we are. So this thought of separation that is the cause of all pain and suffering in this world is the result of the injustice of our opinions and judgments. So think of it this way. Imagine that you had, and I don't know why spirit gives me what it does, except that there's a divine idea that's perfect. Imagine that you have an orange, and half of the orange is looking at the other half of the orange and saying, oh, you're so much better than me. I'm just, I'm so, I'm, I'm not a good orange. I, but it's all part of the same orange. It doesn't make any sense for one part to of the same of the whole to call the other part bad or wrong it doesn't make any sense it's insanity so it says in paragraph two here justice like its opposite is an interpretation so injustice is an interpretation and justice is an interpretation what are interpretations they're the meaning we made of it they're false they're based on our belief system. They're based on our perceptions. Our interpretations are our perceptions 
and projections. So any time we're feeling that life is not fair and that there is no justice, it is, every single time, the outpicturing of our opinions and judgments. So the more you feel that life is unfair and unjust, the more evidence you have of how you suffer because of your opinions and judgments. So the antidote to that suffering and that feeling that life is not fair and it's unjust is to give up your opinions and judgments. That's the antidote. And it says, like following in paragraph 2 here, justice, like its opposite, is an interpretation. It is, however, the one interpretation that leads to truth. So justice is the one interpretation that leads to truth. It leads to truth. It's not the truth. Okay, so there's a distinction there. And it says, this leading to truth becomes possible because while the interpretation is not true in itself, justice includes nothing that opposes truth. So here it's very cryptic. It's very cryptic by most people's standards. And so what it's saying is justice is forgiveness. It's the correction of the interpretation. It's the correction of the judgment and the opinion. So that correction, the dropping of the opinion and the judgment, is our healing. It says, there is no inherent conflict between justice and truth. One is but the first small step in the direction of the other. So when we're willing to give up our opinions and judgments, it's a small step in the direction of the truth. It says the path becomes quite different as one goes along, nor could all the magnificence, the grandeur, and the scene, excuse me, of the scene and the enormous opening vistas that rise to meet one as the journey continues be foretold from the outset. Yet even these, whose splendor reaches indescribable heights as one proceeds, fall short indeed of all that wait when the pathway ceases and time ends with it. But somewhere one must start. Justice is the beginning. It's the beginning. So every time we're claiming that life is unfair, and we're upset about it, we're clinging to our judgments, we're clinging to our opinions, and we're not on the pathway of our healing. And we're preventing ourselves from experiencing the indescribable heights, the beauty and the magnificence. And this is everything that we trade willingly in order to have our opinions and judgments. We trade the new heaven and the new earth unfolding in our mind, in our life, in our relationships in order to cling to the opinions and judgments. 
It says, All concepts of your brothers and yourself, all fears of future states, and all concerns about the past stem from injustice. So really, you can see here that injustice is just another name for your interpretation, the meaning you've made of it, your judgments, and your opinions. So all concepts of your brothers and yourself, all fears of future states, and all concerns about the past stem from your opinions. Here is the lens which, held before the body's eyes, distorts perception and brings witness of the distorted world back to the mind that made the lens and holds it very dear. So we're looking through the lens of our false beliefs and what do we see? We see a world we don't like because we're looking at it through the lens of our false beliefs. Do we have to look at the world through the lens of our false beliefs? No. But we choose to. Why? Because we made the lens and we love what we made. We love the things that we make, even if they hurt us. It's just how we are until we decide, you know what? The heck with this. I'm putting the Holy Spirit in charge. I don't know what anything is for. I'm going to give up these judgments and opinions. I'm going to choose forgiveness, which is to release the meaning I made of it. It says, selectively and arbitrarily is every concept of the world built up in just this way, looking through the lens of false beliefs. It says, sins are perceived and justified by careful selectivity in which all thought of wholeness must be lost. So we could experience wholeness or we can experience our judgment, but we can't have it both ways. We just can't. We can't experience the truth, which is our wholeness, and hold on to these false concepts. Forgiveness has no place in such a scheme for not one sin, but seems forever true. Salvation is God's justice. So salvation is the atonement. Salvation is when we recognize there's no separation, and there never was separation, and there never will be separation. That's our salvation. So salvation is God's justice. It restores to your awareness the wholeness of the fragments you perceive as broken off and separate. And it is this that overcomes the fear of death. For separate fragments must decay and die, but wholeness is immortal. It remains forever and forever like its creator, being one with him. God's judgment is his justice. So what is God's judgment? God's just judgment is righteous judgment. It's seeing the truth. It's no opinion, no judgment. <laughs> and says, Unto this, a judgment wholly lacking in condemnation, an evaluation based entirely on love. You have projected your injustice, giving God the lens of warped perception through which you look. Now it belongs to God and not to you. 
You are afraid of God and do not see. You hate and fear yourself as enemy. So what's hidden in our mind when we're judging, when we're attacking, what's hidden in our mind is that the belief that we are the enemy. We're the ones that are making up the judgment. We're the ones that are clinging to the causes of separation and suffering. And yet, it's hidden in our mind that we're the ones we fear. We're the ones we despise. We're the ones that we don't like. We're the ones that we're attacking. There's only one. So when we attack anyone, we attack ourselves. This is why our brothers and sisters are our salvation. Because when we can see them with equanimity, with love, with compassion, with kindness and generosity, even for a moment, we're having a healing in our mind and remembering our wholeness. Every judgment, every opinion is a vote for separation. When we vote for separation, we're voting for not experiencing the flow of love and abundance and prosperity and wholeness and healing and freedom and joy and wisdom and clarity. Because there's no way to deny our brothers and sisters something and to still be able to have it ourselves. It's, it's similar to we can't experience joy when we don't allow ourselves to experience the fullness of love we can't experience the joy either so we'll settle for fleeting moments of happiness that aren't even real joy they aren't even true happiness they are just moments when we don't feel an acute sense of lack and wanting and needing and craving we can't settle for that anymore my friend we just can't because there's nothing new to be learned from it. And that's why when we as spiritual students continue to settle, it's so painful for us. Because we are here to be that sleeper cell, waking up to bring forth the light and love of God. Yes, indeed. It says here, Pray for God's justice, and do not confuse God's mercy with your own insanity. Perception can make whatever picture the mind desires to see. So this is the thing. If you feel your world is unsafe, if you fear that there isn't uh, justice in this world, remember that perception can make whatever picture the mind desires to see. So we don't see what's actually there. We only see our interpretation through the lens of the past and the meaning that we've made of the past. It says, remember this. In this lies either heaven or hell as you elect. God's justice points to heaven just because it is entirely impartial. It accepts all evidence that is brought before it, omitting nothing and assessing nothing as separate and apart from all the rest. From this one standpoint does it judge, and this alone. Here, all attack and condemnation 
become meaningless and indefensible. Perception rests, the mind is still, and light returns again. Vision is now restored. What had been lost has now been found. The peace of God descends on all the world, and we can see. And we can see. <laughs> That's what it says. And we can see. We can see the truth instead of our interpretations. Oh, isn't this what we'd like? Wouldn't we like to give up our our fantasy, our dream of injustice and life not being fair, life not being safe? We can trade that for a deep and lasting sense of profound security in love, if we're willing to love. But see, those who don't feel willing to love are always going to feel vulnerable. A Course in Miracles tells us that before our belief in separation, the mind was invulnerable to fear because fear did not exist. And that both this idea of separation and the fear are miscreations. And that we are able to have it all undone through the grace of the Holy Spirit if we're willing. We have to be willing to have it be undone. Because the truth is, we are invulnerable. And it also tells us that when we are dedicated to or willing to be truly helpful, remember the prayer on page 28, the the purpose prayer, I am willing, excuse me, I'm here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to demonstrate love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness. This is what is truly helpful. And I don't have to wonder what to say or where to go or what to do or when to do it or any of these details. I don't have to wonder or worry about anything because everything that I'm to do to undo this sense of separation for myself and all my brothers and sisters will be shown to me if I'm willing to be truly helpful. It says the truly helpful are invulnerable because they are not protecting their egos and so nothing can hurt them. What makes us invulnerable is our willingness to be loving and compassionate. So, isn't that where our safety lies in our defenselessness? Are you willing Would you like to feel invulnerable? One of the things I've recognized about my own journey is that I used to feel so threatened a lot. So threatened. And uh, I didn't realize it, but my habit of taking offense, my habit of preparing for others to attack me, and anticipating being attacked, rehearsing what will I say and what will I do when I'm attacked. Those habits and patterns in my mind, I didn't realize it, but they are what made me vulnerable. And when I decided to start releasing my attachment to this thinking 
of separation, giving it to the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting, to bring forth the healing, that every time I would feel these patterns arise in my mind and feel disturbed and frightened and worried and concerned because the pattern, the belief, the lens seemed so real. And I'd say, Holy Spirit, here it is again. I'm not interested in energizing this. I'm not interested in looking through this lens anymore. I don't like the view. I'd like to see life as it truly is, that life loves me and that regardless of any choice I've ever made in the past, I have the power to love fully and completely. This, that is God's power in me. The power of love is in me. The power of love leads me and guides me. The power of love lives through me and as me. The power of love is my invulnerability. Only those who believe in lack, attack, limitation, and separation feel vulnerable. Those who are willing to recognize that true attack is not even possible can feel invulnerable. So it's like where Jesus says that he knew he couldn't be abandoned. He knew it. Therefore, he did not feel vulnerable in any way, shape, or form. This knowing is in our very being. All we have to do is give up our desire to attack anyone, including ourselves, and we begin to see our invulnerability. Our loving heart, living in our loving heart, is our invulnerability now and forevermore. Yes. Mm. I love these teachings. I'm so grateful to join with you today for the purpose of remembering the truth that sets us free. Indeed. So grateful. Oh, so as we're making our way towards the end of the year, my attention turns towards uh, Masterful Living, my year-long course. We've got the folks who've been in class with me all year, and more and more they're really looking back and saying, oh my gosh, I have changed my mind. My relationships are different. My experience is different. When I began this year, many people say when I began this year, I didn't believe that I had what it took to bring a healing in my family, to bring a healing in my body, to bring a healing in my mind. I really didn't believe it, but I was willing. I was willing to give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. Truly, I was willing. And I'm seeing the results more and more each day. I love that. I love that. And so I'm preparing for the new year just as I'm ending uh, this year. Masterful Living Course 2017, it starts on January 1st. And the enrollment period, it's open now and it it closes on January 9th. If you have any idea that This coming year is the year where you are really willing to live A Course of Miracles to the best of your ability. You're willing to change your mind. You really are interested in having a healing. And you have some willingness 
to let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. And you'd like to do this work with other like-minded souls. You're, maybe you're tired of gathering information and you're ready to really experience true and lasting healing. My year-long Masterful Living course might be for you. I've written quite a bit about it on my website, jenniferhadley.com. And others have shared their experience too. So you can read and listen to other people's testimonials of their experience. And uh, we've got people from all over the world, different ages, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different level of spiritual awareness. And we're all coming together in Masterful Living to heal our minds and to have a new experience of our life. It is truly miraculous what people can accomplish in just one year doing this curriculum with me. I invite you to take a look and if it interests you, your intuition will let you know. Follow that. I invite you to take the plunge and sign up. We have a money-back guarantee. You can read the money-back guarantee and see if it feels right and good to you. I trust that you will know. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm so grateful. If you enjoy this radio show, you might also enjoy the transcripts. We've got of about the 250 episodes, I think we've got about 50 transcripts of the radio shows now. You can find them at Living a Course in Miracles on the resources page. So go click there. They're all free for you for downloading. If you have a particular episode you'd really like to have transcribed sooner rather than later, let us know. We can accommodate that. And the address to write to is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. All right. So remember, too, this is listener-sponsored radio. The transcripts are free. The downloads are free. And your contributions are are what make it possible for us to give it away free to people in over a hundred countries around the world participating in the free classes at jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com and all the free resources, including the ACIM app that's free for iPhone and free for iPads. And we're working on it right now for Android. Hope to have it <coughs> available for Android within a a couple months' time, if not before. So might even have it in early January. Yay! You asked for it. We're making it for you. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. Oh, and remember, you can make a tithe offering at jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseofmiracles.com to support this listener-sponsored radio. So we take a breath of love and gratitude, so grateful and thankful to recognize and remember that we're already perfect, whole, and complete, and so is everyone else. We're willing to drop the injustice, to drop our opinions and judgments, and set ourselves free. It's happening now. We choose it now. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We allow it to be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.